Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. This morning I want to talk to you about always, always increasing, getting bigger, better, and stronger. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out for you in a way that's different than basically every other church in America, because with a, with a notable few exceptions, and you know where I stand on where those exceptions are, they're in Tampa and Pittsburgh. But with a with a few notable exceptions, nobody lays it out this way because nobody is preaching the gospel anymore. They're actually, they're actually preaching. You're like, Tom, you, you talk about this all the time. It's because all week long, unless you are hooked into the right vein, you're actually being lied through via obfuscation. Verses are left out. It's not, it's not that the Bible is not being preached. It's that the full witness of the Bible is not being preached. I can preach a verse like four John, uh, like First John four sixteen, and say, you know what, God is love. But what is love? Then you have to go into First Corinthians thirteen four through eight. This is love for God to obey His command. All those things are left out, and it's just simply said that God is love, or God is grace, God is understanding, God is tolerant. God is not understanding nor tolerant. That's why there's Jesus. You aware of that? God's not understanding or tolerant. So he sent his own son to be butchered on a cross because he's not understanding or tolerant. Somebody's blood had to be spilled. It's not that God's, God lacks compassion, but he lacks, uh, he does, he's not, does not understand sin. He's not tolerant of sin. He's not tolerant of compromise. He's not tolerant of things that are antithetical to the word. That's why he sent Jesus. Because somebody had to pay the price. Because judgment is coming. You're like, what? Some of you are thinking, what on earth did I just walk into? Now, what I want you to do is stand by, stand pat. Listen to the message before you're offended. And then if, if and when you get offended, ask yourself, what is offending me? If it's tone, you're like, Tom, third week in a row, yes. If it's tone that offends you, then why have you never implemented the truth that's in the midst of the tone? If it's simply the tone that offends you, then all of the truth would be implemented and believed. But if it's actually the truth that offends you, that's why the truth has never actually been implemented. Got one amen on that. Listen, people are always like, well, you know, I like what he says or what she says, but I just don't like the way it was said then why haven't you implemented what was said then? You would have implemented what was said if you like the message, just not the tone of the message. 
But the, the truth is never implemented either. So you have to ask yourself, is it the truth that offends me? Judgment's coming. You're like, what does this have to do with ever increasing? Because it all starts with the foundation. Everything starts with the foundation. If you wanna get bigger, better, and stronger, you're gonna have to lay a proper foundation. What is that foundation? Life is actually very easy. It's very simple. It's just a matter of whether or not you'll do it when it confronts you. When you're confronted with the truth, will you choose offense? You're like, Tom, why do you always talk about offense? Because that's the church. Everybody's offended in the church. You know, at the sheriff's office, for 25 years, 1992 to 2017, I worked at the sheriff's office 25 years in a day. People got offended, but nobody left. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I mean, people would get offended. I got offended. Happened all the time. But nobody left, and nobody really shut down. They were still there. But at the church, you're licensed because there's like, uh, symbolically speaking, a million other sheriff's offices to go to. I'm offended, so I'll just go to another. I'm offended, I'll just go to another one. You never get bigger, better, and stronger moving from church to church. Now, you, listen, when you should move church to church until you find the right one. And if your church is not preaching the gospel, you're not at the right church. If your church ever donned masks and never repented, you're still at the wrong church. People ask these days, you know, what am I supposed to do? There are no good churches in my area. Then you're just gonna have to attend this one online. Listen, you are better off. I, I know, I don't, I don't really wanna clap that because, you know, it's forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. No, you know what, in, in this case here, what you, you're not assembling yourselves together with anybody. These are people who are living antithetical to the word of God. They're people of love and people of understanding. No, there is no fear in love. You cannot espouse fear in the name of love. Well, I just think that it's wise at this time, you know, to take a step back and understand where we're at. That's not loving. We're showing the world that we love them by putting on masks and taking vaccines and closing down. There's no fear in love. You're taking vaccines either because you're scared of a virus, that's fear, can't be love, or you're scared of losing your job, you're, you're scared of losing your, your, your social standing. So that's all fear, so there's no love in it. None. You can't, you can't fear your kids into the gospel. I'm really worried about them. I mean, it doesn't work. Worry doesn't do anything. I'm going to protect my kids. I'm never gonna let them out of the house. I, I won't let my wife out of my sight. I don't want her ever talking to another man. That's not love. Some of that quieted the house. <laughs> People don't understand the very foundations of what they believe. That's why they fail. That's why they falter. So if we're gonna ever increase and we know that that is our preordained life in Christ, to live life and life to its full abundance. Amen, I'll amen myself. You're scared now because I mentioned judgment. Everything's a judgment. 
Oh boy, I don't even want to get into this. Everything is judgment. Yes, there is the judgment. That's just one of the many judgments. You judge every day. We don't, you know, we don't judge. That's a lie. That's not Christianity. You, the spiritual man makes judgments about all things. You are coming up to a light, and you know it's turning yellow. It just turned yellow. You're judging. Am I going to stop? Am I going to make it on time? Am I going to pull off the gas, hit the brake, or step on it like I always do? Yellow to me means step on it. That's a judgment. You're judging all the time. Well, you know, we're not going to be, you have people over, they turn out to be a little weird. They're not going to really be close friends of ours. Judgment. But then you, it is, it's judgment. Everything's judgment. You're just told in John 7, 24 to not judge according to appearance. But you always judge. Judge is not, judgment is not the plague. Judgment is the only time you don't judge, according to Romans chapter 2, verse 1, is if you are doing the same things. Then you are a? There you go. You're free. Free bird. I'm just disgusted by homosexuality. Okay, fine. But you're a pornographer going to the same hell. That's erroneous judgment. You're welcome. It's just, you know, hetero lust is more accepted inside the church. Not by God, but just the church. Same hell. You're welcome. But if, you are, if you're gonna continuously get bigger, better, and stronger, and by the way, let me just put this out there. If you are staying small, it is all your fault. You gotta be tough to be in this church. Because that's just the truth, it can't be God. God cannot fail. Well, it's circumstances. And God is not subject to circumstances. Uh, it's people in relationships. And God's not subject to people in relationships. I had, my, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a hard hand dealt to me as a child. And you're a new creature in Christ. It's all you. If I can accept it, and you hear me preach about it all the time from the pulpit, that I've wasted decades of my life. Why can't you say it? I'm not saying that it was all a waste. I'm just saying, you know what? I should be way bigger, way better, and way stronger than I am now as a 54-year-old. I tell my son, I tell anybody who will listen, my daughter, anybody, don't waste your life. Well, we have eternity in heaven. This is all eternity. This is part of your eternal life now. Don't waste this time on the rock. Not to mention, there are huge implications to this time. Heaven is better, but heaven doesn't have what this has. This has evangelism. This has the ability to win souls, to raise people from the dead, to give sight to the blind, and hearing to the deaf, and wellness to the sick. 
Heaven doesn't have any of that. Everybody's already well. Everybody's already evangelized. Everybody's already rich. There's nobody to reach. And it's actually at times it bothers me a little because like, you know, what will I do? Because I'm somebody who's kind of inspired by conflict. I have to be careful because that's my carnality. But I like, I like the warfare aspect of it. I like shoving it in the enemy's face. I like shoving it in the spirit of the world's face. I like exposing the world. What am I gonna do? What kind of podcast am I gonna have in heaven? Who am I gonna rage against up there? Uh, it, those needs and desires will be gone then. I'm just saying that when you're in your own carnal mind, you're like, how will it all pan out? I just let it go. It'll all be great. But always increase. And listen, I don't care how old you are. First of all, age is a lie. Amen. What do you mean, Tom? Just as man is destined to die once and have to, have to face judgment. I know Hebrews 9.27. I know it. The only problem is, it's just like with any situation. You take, you take the 1-6 riot, right? The 1-6 protest. Now, does it have to be nothing or an insurrection? Or can it be somewhere in between? No, that sounds like you're being lukewarm. No, you, that's just facts. What was it? Was it an insurrection with no guns? How could it be an insurrection with no guns? They tried to overturn the election. How? How did they try to overturn the election? How'd that happen? They go grab congressmen or women, put a gun to their head and say, change your vote. They couldn't because they had no guns. So it obviously wasn't an insurrection. How'd they take control of the military? That's an insurrection. That's sedition. Explain to me how they took over tanks. Were they, were, did you have the MAGA moms with their MAGA gear on flying around F-16s? <laughs> no, so obviously it wasn't an insurrection. Were there crimes committed? Now listen, folks, whether you like it or not, crimes were committed. Who committed them? That's the question. But crimes were committed, so you have a criminal event mixed with a non-criminal event, but certainly doesn't rise to the level of insurrection. So yes, people will die. The question is, when? It's not whether they'll die or not, but age is a lie in America. Our average age of death is descending. It's not going up, it's gone down by a year over the last three years. And it's got nothing to do with the plague. The average age of death of COVID-19 is two years above our average lifespan. Facts, that's the truth. The average age of death in America now is 77. It used to be 78 three years ago, it's dropped a year. As smoking has gone down. Why would that be? Because everyone believes it, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. People believe they're old when they're 50, 60, and 70. You're supposed to live to 120. They're not, they're not old in other countries. How is it that third world countries who actually fly for medical treatment here live longer than us? 
Because that's how we think. You can think your way right into the grave. You can age yourself. You ever see ageless people? I, I recently did a funeral. And I was there, and it, you know there was an 82-year-old man there. And he looked and acted like he was 50. He moved around, hopping around. And there was people there, 20 years, his, his younger, who acted 30 years older than him. That's all thinking. And here's the, you, need, you need to be actively reversing this every day. It's not, well, I take a stand. And that's it. It doesn't work like that. Oh, I just take a stand. I took a stand 17 years ago. and never thought about it since. No, it's every day taking thoughts into captivity. So you choose. Yes, you're gonna die. Or Jesus is gonna come. There's only been one Enoch. I'm open to being Enoch. Genesis 5, 24, Enoch walked with God and was not for God, took him. I'm good with that. But you choose what's true. You make a decision. And you work it every day. You massage it every day. You take every thought captive. You make it obedient to Christ. If you're not doing that, you're getting worse. Every day you're getting worse. Bigger, better, and stronger, always increasing, starts with the foundation. Here's the foundation, Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10. Very easy. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What on earth are you talking about, Tom? I'm t- the fear of hell. Oh, Tom, that we, you know, that's, that's not how you win people. It is how Jesus won people. So if I'm Christian, ought I to be Christ-like? Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10, 28. That's the fear of the Lord. The beginning of being smart starts with the rudimentary terror of going to hell. Otherwise, you're a dum-dum. It doesn't matter how many mountains you move. It doesn't matter how pretty your words are, how eloquent a speaker you are, and under your understanding of grace, how big your church is. It doesn't matter if you don't have the fear of the Lord because none of that was built on a sure foundation. And it will fall. Have we not seen it over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve? It's great now, I no longer have to say months. 32 months. 28 months, 20 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. It's three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. We're still under a state of emergency until May. State of emergency. All these people dying everywhere. Where? The devil is always a counterfeiter of God. Romans 4, 17, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. The devil will always counterfeit that. Will call things that are as though they are not. Call things that are not as though they are. He will always counterfeit God. It's a plague. You're calling thing, you're calling something that is not as though it were. Climate change is gonna get you. You're calling something that is not as though it were. Who's ever died of climate change? Well, I was doing fine until the climate changed and then I dropped dead. 
That's another vaccine side effect. Every single vaccine side effect is going to be renamed something other than vaccine side effect. Long COVID. Long COVID. I'm no longer able to fight off the fight off the Omicron, the least virulent variant. I can't fight that off. No, that's not called long COVID. It's called that you don't have an immune system anymore because you took a vaccine. You can be prayed out. You took the vaccine. I love you. That's as nice as I can be. I love you. Not scared of you. Love you. You need to be prayed over. Tom, you know these are medical things. That's not from the pulpit. Really? He just had an MP, I played this on the podcast last night, speaking on the parliamentary floor in Great Britain, talking about, you know, at some, at some point we're all gonna have to acknowledge this, and before his speech, everybody else walked out. You can deny all you want. Denial does not stop consequences. You can deny all you want. I, I love Joe Biden. It's not gonna stop, you, stop hyperinflation from affecting you. You're still paying six bucks for a carton of eggs. You can love him all you want. It doesn't stop you from the consequences. But he's on the floor of the, par- of, of the parliament in, in Great Britain, and everybody walks out as soon as he stands up because they all want to live in denial as he talks about their 36,000-person increase in excess deaths. 36,000 extra people died in the last 12 months in Great Britain than normal. Not, not 2,000, that would, you know, you have like a little blip here and there of 1,000, 2,000. 36,000. Every heavily vaccinated country on the planet has at least a double-digit increase in excess deaths. A 10% increase in, in excess deaths is a one in 200-year event. That's an absolute fact. You know, most vaccinated countries are 15% or above. Where's the world war? Because that's the one in 200 year event. One in 200 year event is, is, is a World War II. You have the Holocaust, eight million Jews killed, millions of soldiers killed, millions of, of, of civilians killed. That's a one in 200 year event. That has not occurred. We have that many deaths happening now. We have Vietnam wars happening every, every year now. Vietnam War killed 59,000 Americans. All around the world in first world countries where they are heavily vaccinated, they have a Vietnam War every year now. Vietnam War was was 15 years long, 59,000 Americans. Having that once a year now. It's coming to light and it's only gonna get worse. It's why the world needs the church to revive. Who's gonna lay hands on them if it's not you? We want all these people saved both on earth and in heaven to come. We want them saved. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of everything. You need to have a rudimentary fear of going to hell. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This needs to be preached in your home. I've told you this before. I threw hell down all the time. Your kids ever go through a little, little, little time of lying? I guess it was just mine. I know all your kids, your unsaved kids were all perfect. 
Like, Tom, why are you always picking on us with unsaved kids? Because I want you to take action to get them saved. Stop saying they're saved when they're not. Stop saying they have a good heart when they don't. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Outside of the fear of the Lord, it is not, it is not a good heart. So stop saying that it is. Stop living in denial. That denial will not stop your kids from facing judgment. You believing that they're saved when they're not is not going to stop the inevitable judgment that's coming their way. You're welcome. That's why I'm saying it to you. I brought this into the house. You're gonna lie to me? Just understand that you'll burn in hell for all of eternity. You said that, Tom? Yeah, to a four-year-old. To a three-year-old. Maybe to a two-year-old. I don't know. I told him from day one, you'll burn in hell for all of eternity and you'll never see your mother again. Is that a lie? Okay, if you leave that out, then you're a liar. Well, there's time, there's times to like temper. Where, where? Why can't a kid hear what's true? I know there's qualifications to that, but if, listen, if a kid is capable of understanding it, then you should tell them. Like all the parents that walk around, and they're saying, well, he just doesn't understand it or their kid's too brilliant to understand it. I'm like, if your kid's not brilliant, they're just undisciplined, and that's you. But kids understand no before, long before they're two. They understand no. So if they understand no, they will understand hell. Tell them. Get it in their soul now. It works. The word of God works. You filtering the word of God does not work in any aspect of life. So if we're gonna ever increase, it starts with launching off of the foundation of the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 28, five. Evil man, evil men understand not judgment, but they, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Proverbs 28, 14. Happy is the man that, happy is the man that feareth alway. But he that hardeneth his heart shall, be, shall fall into mischief. So people, again, here's the conflation. Here's the confusion. People think judgment is hardening your heart. People think the fear of the Lord is a hardening of heart. You're, fear, you're afraid of going to hell. That's a hardness of heart. No, it's not. The opposite is true. Listen to that verse again. Happy is the man that feareth all the time. The Lord. But he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. When you harden your heart and you no longer have a fear of going to hell, a fear or reverence of God, that's the hardening of the heart. And you will then usher yourself into mischief. No, I've come to a deeper understanding of grace. That way I can just smoke marijuana every night. You're gonna go to hell for that. I don't care if it comes from the earth. So does opium. You're welcome. It's the truth. You're getting high, it's intoxication, it's a sin. You're going to hell for it. You're welcome, quiet in here. I know, I just lost 30 people, that's fine. At least you know the truth now. 
I won't be held accountable for your soul. You will be. That's why we're told in, in James, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because, you, because we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now you know what's true. You make the decision. Well, I just choose to. You, if you're gonna refute anything, break out a Bible verse and refute it. Not, well, from my heart that's desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Why do I preach these things? Why do I preach the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of upcoming judgment? Why? Why, why do I preach these things when nobody else does? Because of what I've told you. Avoiding it will not spare anybody from its inevitability. It's inevitable that judgment's coming. Me not preaching it doesn't stop it. The great white throne judgment is set. Me avoiding it doesn't do you or anybody else any good. Well, we're winning them into the kingdom. Into the kingdom of what? If it wasn't the word that won them, what did you win them to? And what did you use to win them? You won them to the world, and you used the world to win them to the world. You're just calling it church. That's why you have Psalm 138 too. He's a, he has esteemed his word above all of his name. He's magnified as the word that was used, is the word. I, you, for you have magnified your word above all your name, because the name can be attached to anything. Well, I believe that Jesus, you see this all the time, I don't believe in a Jesus that would send people to hell. Okay, well just acknowledge you don't believe in the Bible. That's all I ask. You throw his name around, I can't stop you from doing that. You're blaspheming, but I can't stop you from doing that. So you can throw his name around all that you want. But the word of God is very different than the Jesus that you're espousing. In Jesus, there is no delineation between Jesus and the word. He is the word. Avoiding that will not stop the consequences from coming. It won't. People act like it will. Listen, judgment is inevitable. And by the way, judgment just isn't at judgment day. God disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son. That's now. Hebrews 12, 6, that's now. God is angry at the wicked every day, Psalm 711. That's now. Acting like that isn't going to happen is wrong. Acting like Ananias and Sapphira never happened. Acting like five out of the seven churches in the book of Revelation went off track and bad and that God even threatened one to usher them into a sickbed. Well, we don't, we don't preach that at our church. Then you don't preach Jesus. People won't come. That's not, your, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's not supposed to be your goal. It's great when people hear. I love when people hear, and I'm tempted to pout when you're not. I am. I get over it quickly, but I'm tempted to pout when it's empty. It was empty last week in here. Sort of, it wasn't empty. 600, 650 people in here last week. I'm just telling you. But he's like, well, that won't, that won't fill the church. Well, what are you filling the church with? The church of Jesus should be filled with Jesus. Using the word to fill the church. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 10, 26 through 28. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. Nothing. 
If you lie every day, you're going to hell for it. There's nothing covered that's not going to be revealed. If you have a preacher that's not telling you that, you're at the wrong church. There is nothing covered that will not be revealed. In hidden, that will not be known. I've got everybody fooled at my church. Congratulations. That's not gonna stop you from the consequences of judgment, from the inevitability of judgment. It's not gonna stop it just because you have people fooled. I'm rarely fooled, but on occasion, it is actually rare. I have other, I have other strengths and other weaknesses. My, one of my weaknesses I, is, is not getting fooled all the time by people. It's gullibility, no. Most of the time, I'm like, <laughs> false prophet, weirdo, motivated by something, wants something from me. I know it. Salesman. I got you. There is nothing, nothing covered that will not be revealed. That's where, if you want to get bigger and better, do you? Do you want prosperity? This is what it starts. You've got, you can't have God's prosperity without being transparent to God. What brings transparency is knowing that there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. Nothing. It's the next verse. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. What are you supposed to preach on the housetops? For there is nothing, no, specifically. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and in that will not be known. The reason why people aren't being saved around you is because you don't preach that. That's what he says, preach from the housetops. Nothing, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. In hidden, that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear, hear, whisper in your ear, preach on the housetops. Listen, I said this last week. How does a a flamethrower like me have so many people come from his own little neighborhood? You think that I would, if, if the answer to it all is to dumb down the message and be less offensive, why is it that I get more people to come than other people and I'm the most offensive Christian on the planet? Amen. It's not me, it's that the world, the word works. Your soft message and accommodating message does not work. It's not romantic, it's not exciting, it's not offensive, it does nothing. People hear from me. I don't go up there and just say to them, like I've told you before, I don't walk up to my neighbor's doors and say, hey listen, Tom here, you know me, right? Pastor of Foundation Church and neighbor. Have you ever thought about the flames of hell? Because that's where you're going. Here's my card. No, but I pray to be active in sharing my faith. And when they start, when, they, when the doors open, here comes the applicable verse. Sometimes it's about sin, sometimes it's not. God will guide you. He will tell you what to say as circumstances open. But when it does, if I have, like I have several neighbors living together outside of, outside of marriage, 
they're gonna die and go to hell. Would I tell them that? Of course. I'm looking at faces right now. You don't consider that to be loving, really? Because that's the Bible. So what do you consider to be love? What you consider to be love is outside of Jesus. So it's the spirit of the world that is your love. That's why you win nobody. Listen, the word of God. Well, listen, Jesus died alone for all intents and purposes between two criminals. But people went from town to town barefoot and wearing sandals, walking over rocks by the thousands to hear him speak. Because he spoke as one with authority. And they left him because he said a hard word. But after those people left him, we've never stopped talking about him. Never stopped talking about him. Nobody else, nobody, nobody elicits the response of Jesus. And part of that response, why is it that Jesus is the only thing banned out of public schools and not Muhammad? Because Jesus, it's not because Jesus is accommodating and tolerant, it's the opposite. Although it's such a fallacy that Muhammad is because we Christians are never chucking homosexuals off five-story towers. It's absolutely, it's absolutely sadly hysterical to watch the embrace of Islam by the globalist left. I put this on the podcast last night. Now in Europe, they're having to sell rape-proof underwear to women. There's no, there's no pandemic of rape amongst Christians, but there is a pandemic of rape amongst Muslims. Sorry, well, that's offensive. That'll probably get me pulled down off YouTube. I don't care. The truth is the truth. The rape rate in Sweden is beyond apocalyptic. Why? It isn't the Christian men. It isn't even the atheist men. It's, it's, it's those who are in an approved faith. You're approved. I mean, why? Because they just, use, they just use Islam to usher in authoritarianism. They don't believe in it. They just use it. Just like they don't believe in climate change, they just use it. They don't believe in trans. You think Joe Biden is really sitting across from a transgender man thinking, man, yeah, you're hot. You're so, I'm so glad that you're progressing in life. No, he's just using that to usher in authoritarianism, just like climate change, just like COVID, just like vaccines. Don't believe in any of it. They just use it to usher in power and authoritarianism. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And there's that verse I used earlier. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. I'm not afraid of any of these people. I don't, listen, I don't care about people who could take my, first of all, they can't take my life anyway. See, some of you don't believe that. You don't pray right. You don't, you don't bind, you don't lose. You don't place hedges of protection around yourself. You believe that you could still die in a car crash. You can't if you bind it. The only way that you are vulnerable to death until you are 120 years old, that's Genesis chapter six, verse three. It's not old covenant, 
It's Abrahamic covenant, which is what you are a part of. A covenant of faith. Man sh- My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. They live like that in Japan. People riding 10-speed bicycles down, down Tokyo Boulevard, which I don't know if it even exists. <laughs> that are 112 years old. And with the average age of death in America is 77. Think about, think about the years difference in that. 23 years and 12, 33 years, 35 year difference. 35 years. They're still riding bikes. And we got everybody who once they click in the 70s barely holding on to life. That's a lie. Like, why are you caught up into this? Because it's the gospel. It's like Genesis chapter six, verse three, sets the age, age of life. And, 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 and Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20, sets the tithe. None of these things are old covenant. They're not the law. They're the Abrahamic covenant of faith to which you and I walk in right now, exemplified in Jesus Christ. No tithings of the old covenant. You're, you're deceived. Where? Show that to me in scripture. Because it started with, who is, what, Jesus was called a priest after who? Who's the first tither? There you go. Boom! It's over. Your ideology is over. Stop excusing your non-tithing ways, you money grubber. Oh, there's another preacher who just wants my money. Well, then tithe it to somebody else. To tithe it to somebody else then. Even though that wouldn't be the word either. But at least you're, at least you're releasing the dominion of money out of your life. Thank you for the three claps over there. From here over here. I don't even want to rip this church when it comes to tithing because you're a great church with tithing. You are. You're great. The bigger we've gotten, the more we tithe. And so I'm not, I, I don't know who doesn't tithe in here, but if you don't, you're wrong. Simple as that. I wouldn't even hesitate. If I received $100,000 today, my $10,000 check would already be written the moment I get it. Done. I don't even think about it. Done. Sold my house, made $40,000, I wrote a $4,000 check. No, there's no, there's no thinking about it. And all I've ever been is blessed. I want for nothing. I fear for nothing. Because the, the, the devourer has been rebuked for my sake. Nor shall the vine fail. I'm blessed to the place where I cannot even receive it. That's all from tithing. Because tithing is seed. Tithing is seed unto faith to believe for all things. Maybe I'll get to that, maybe I won't. 11.30, I won't get to it. So what happens when you don't preach the fear of the Lord? Tom, I thought we were talking about ever increasing. Bigger, better, stronger. You're not gonna get that unless you fear the Lord. And I mean really, I don't mean the, you know, here we are today at Hyper Grace Assembly. And, you know, we're, it, fear just means to reverence. No, it doesn't. And 97% of Bible verses where fear is used, there's a specific Hebrew and Greek word that is used. 
And it means the entire gamut of fear. From reverent fear to stark terror. So you're supposed to fear God the entire spectrum. Reverencing him, yes, but stark terror. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10.31. Written to Christians in Jerusalem. What happened? Why, if this is all written to Christians, why does nobody preach it? I guess because it doesn't accumulate a crowd. Preach correctly and would then watch the crowd. Watch. And, if it's, and there's no foundation laid, then people fall. Look at the church over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. What happens when you don't preach it? Here it is, Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Departing from the living God? That can't be. I was told once you're saved, you're always saved. Many people would never let the Bible get in the way of their Calvinism. I don't have any isms. I have none. I have no isms at all. They're like, what do you believe what the Bible says? The Bible says you can depart from the living God. So you know what I believe? I don't sit here and try and justify it. Um, well, what that means is a, it's more of a symbolic falling away. Why is it that everything is symbolic to you? Anything that offends you is symbolic. Anything that challenges you is symbolic. No, this is actually real. Take heed, brethren. Take notice. Pay attention. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How do you harden your heart? People think that their heart's softening by accommodating sin. It's the opposite. Yes, you may have become nicer to the sinner and you consider that to be a soft heart, but your heart has actually become hardened. You're supposed to exhort one another daily, challenge one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You're not, you're not becoming, you're not, I, I, you know, the, the term that I always use, you know, I've come to a different revelation of grace. I don't, I don't like the tone. No, what you, be, what you become is an accommodator of sin and your heart is hardened. But appearing to be soft. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Well, you know, I know my son is, you know, my 15-year-old son, he's dating a girl. I know they're sleeping together. I know he's watching porn. But the thing is, we just want to keep him in the church so I don't confront it. Listen, if that was my son, I'm burning it to the ground. There ain't no more, girlfriend. There ain't no more of this. I'll take his devices and light them on fire right in front of him. And I'm not kidding. You think I'm, you think I'm being symbolic? I'll war for my kid. 
Most Christians don't, though. Most Christians don't, their hearts harden through the deceitfulness of their own kid's sin. They're accommodating it instead of confronting it. Well, Tom, I want a message about moving mountains. You can't move mountains until you own the rudimentary. And the rudimentary is the fear of God. Otherwise, you have, been, you have built your foundation on sinking sand. Which brings us right to Matthew chapter seven. If a foundation is not laid, the Christian will fall. Matthew 7, 21 through 27. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Yeah, they prophesied. But they accommodated sin. Where did you get this from? Pay attention. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. We brought our kids to Sunday school. Um, we had our nightly Bible study as a family. And you might be thinking that I'm being verbose or bragging. I'm not. I'm telling you what works. My daughter just came back from Africa. She's never been on a date. She's 22. She likes a guy, and she's liked other guys. They, they got to get through me. And so I've told her before, listen, don't bother about falling in love. No. Many will say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works? How loving I was with my kids. We had, we had our nightly Bible study together. I never did any of that. I never did family dinners. Look, you see the looks on faces in this room right now. I thought we were supposed to do family dinners. That's not a Bible verse. You like, you live that way? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't do family dinners. I even was confronted by it by Norma. You know, we never eat together, I know, I don't, whatever. <laughs> now, when my daughter wanted to talk, I talked to her. If I saw behavior that I liked or didn't like, I told her. I, it's not, you might think the Lipley House is just all about confronting sin. No, it's also about acknowledging victory. You did, that was great. You were great. I said to my son, when I took him to his first Jiu-jitsu tournament. It's always hard to say jiu-jitsu. When I took him to his first tournament, I took him there because I wanted to see if he had dog in him. And he said, you know, I want to be a professional fighter. I said, okay, well, you know what? I'll pay that. I'll pay the whole thing for you. At least till you're 25, I'll pay it all. Everything you need. You barely even have to work. Just, just make sure that you're into your training, never missing. So, but I took him there, and he blew through everybody. Now, this, he was just, he was a white belt. It was a white belt. There's different levels in the tournament, but he was in the white belt portion of the tournament. Blew through everybody. And I'm talking about guys who were much older, even much bigger, and blew through them. So when we got out to the car, I wasn't like, well, here's the things you did wrong. I said, I looked at him, I said, listen. When we were pulling off, pulling out. I stopped the car, and I said, listen, I want to tell you something. 
that was big. That was big what you accomplished today. And that's the same thing I do with my daughter. It's not just you're sinning that you're going to hell. And it's not all the time. I don't go up to him and just say, I just want you to know that because you're breathing today. <laughs> that's what some of you do. Lukewarm. Just want to tell you that just you being in my life is just such a blessing. Now, accomplish things, then I'll come and praise you. I remember my daughter planking around on a piano. She's like eight years old. And everybody else in the room, including my wife, oh, that's so good, it's so great. I'm, and, and, my, and, and Norma's looking at me, and I'm sitting over like this, like. Because to me, it's annoying. Like, playing off key things is annoying. And I'm not gonna sit there and act like you're accomplishing something. It's like I'm not gonna sit there and act like your mask is blocking a virus. I've never changed. And she was, Norma cried. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry you're crying. I'm sorry that you're upset. You don't know how to play the piano. Learn to play it, and I'll tell you, you sound great. Right now, you sound like crap. It's crap. You're welcome. It's the truth. Truth is the truth. Am I gonna lie to my kid? Oh gosh, honey, that sounds so good. It sounds like garbage. I'd rather have somebody come up with tweezers and pluck my eyebrows out than listen to that. One at a time, blink, 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 I'd rather that. At least I know there's an end in sight. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Remember what I said. They did those things. They came up with their own version of Jesus. They were, their hearts were actually hardened in the name of softness. Just like misinformation now is fact. Girls are actually guys. Guys are actually girls. Democracy is authoritarianism. People believing that they're softening their hearts by accommodating sin are doing the opposite. Then, they, then I professed unto them, I never even knew you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, those who refuse to repent of sin. You're not gonna move mountains until you fear going to hell. It's the very essence of being smart. And it's understanding the power. How do you, how do you believe in a God that moves mountains that you're not afraid of? I believe God's gonna move a mountain, but he never judged the sinner how do you believe in a powerful God who's not Lord? That's why you don't see mountains moved. That's why you don't see dead raised, because nobody fears God. There's no foundation in their faith. There's no belief in God. Believing God starts with fearing him. There's nothing wrong with it. Who are the greatest dads in the world? Quiet in here. It's so antithetical to America, I know. It's tough for some of you to swallow. And, and swallowing the truth means that you have to invalidate your life. Invalidate it. The truth invalidates it anyway. The consequences are already in place or they're coming. Denying it will not keep them from coming. It's inevitable. But it's too difficult for people to accept the truth. 
because it invalidates their image. I have an image of myself, great parent, soccer mom, super soccer mom, juice boxes, minivans. I'm the greatest parent in the world. I see these people. I've seen people that have come to this church. And they leave. They never, people leave, they get all angry and they leave. It's funny right now, there's a person who left our church because she was angry at somebody inside of our children's church. And now, the person she was angry with left too. So now, why are you still at home? Because you're a baby. You're just a little tiny baby. Your thumb is jammed so far into your mouth that you can barely get enough oxygen in to survive. You're just a little baby. It truly is amazing to me how people worship other people and don't know they're worshiping them. If any person affects you, you're worshiping them. You know, my whole day is just ruined because my husband's in a bad mood. I could care less if my wife's in a bad mood. If you don't care about you, I deeply care about her. If she wants to discuss it, I'm right here. Just want to tell you that I'm having it. We'll talk about it. And you may think that I'm cold and callous. No, I'll talk about it. We'll break it down. We will. She, it's never her, though. That's always me going to her because I'm more of the girl in our relationship. <laughs> but we'll, we'll break it down. But who's, who's the greatest dad? Who are the greatest dads? Yeah. My dad was great. I love my dad. My dad passed away in 2006, but I, I love my dad. We committed to my dad. We had a good relationship. I don't call it great because right when he was getting to be really, really great, that's when he passed away because he was changing a lot. He's coming to this church and everything. But what was great about him was it started off with a fear. He didn't poke Chuck lightly. Never. Just didn't. He came in the house and got quiet. That's because everybody was had this stark terror of him, of abusive terror. It was, it, it, you know what? You could get away with stuff with my mother all day long, poking at my mom. Little smart mouth, little disobedience, little, little things like that until my mom would smack you or bip you right in the face, which she would do. She'd give you a couple more chances. My mom would pluck you right in the face like this, bam, right in your lip. And you're like, that's nothing. You'd get plucked in the lip. Do it to yourself when you get home today. You'll have a fat lip all, you'll have a fat lip. Boink, it hurts. Getting your lip smacked against your teeth. Bink, it hurts. But we would press my mother, we would never press my father. We would never do that. It's the essence, it's the essence of fatherhood. And I believe that our mighty God of Israel is called our heavenly Therefore, whoever, whosoever heareth these things, now I'm in Matthew 7, 24. Heareth, this is what I'm talking about. If you don't get this down pat, now you've heard the first several verses here from 7, 21 through 23. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. The essence of Christianity is to depart from sin through the fear of the Lord. Then we'll get to moving mountains, which is part of this message, but it's 1146, which we might not get to today, which we'll get to next week. But if you ever wanna move mountains, you've gotta be able to do that. Otherwise, you're moving mountains, you're maybe doing many wonderful things, but God doesn't even know who you are. What's the point then? What's the point of building a church that God doesn't recognize as his body? What's the point? 
Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. He fears the Lord. He has built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. They pulled a, pulled, they pulled a pandemic on us. They pulled climate change on us trying to force us to call women men and men women. Hyperinflation they brought upon us. $31 trillion worth of debt they've heaped upon us. The rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock and that rock is the fear of the Lord. The rock is being afraid of God. Amen. Nothing wrong with it. Whatever they're running from in the modern church is what should be preached. And everyone, verse 26, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. As he sit around for three years watching the book of Revelation unfold right before your very eyes as you comply with the unfolding. They can't see it. The rain descended. The floods came and beat upon that house, and it fell because it wasn't founded on the rock of the fear of God. You should be afraid if you're on your computer and the bikini model comes across. You should fear to fall into that. I do. Tom, you're just, you're, you're immune from sin. <laughs> Please. As the pastor of this church, through fits of rage, I've destroyed at least three of my devices. Two of them owned by the church that I had to pay the church back for. I'm not immune from sin. When I do it, 1 John 1, 9, I confess it. Because then he's faithful and just and will forgive me. He who says that he has not sinned makes God a liar and his word's not in him. Next verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. What, what's, every, what's all the churches preaching now? Say you have not sinned. They lump everything into the word failure, which then makes it impossible to stop sinning. Everything's a failure. Well, you know what? You overeat and I'm watching porn, we're all sinning. Overeating's not a sin. Yes, gluttony's a sin. Binging and purging is a sin. If, 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 if people throw that one down all the time as an excuse for Calvinism, which I won't get into right now, is gluttony. Okay, well what's the line then? Five pounds overweight, one pound overweight, and what determines what's overweight? Well, you know what, you know, you have, you know, you have depression, and you know what, I'm committing adultery, we're all just sinning. That way it invalidates the sting of sin. Then everything then is sin, and if everything is sin, 
then nobody can get rid of everything, so you just keep on sinning. That's the point of it all, to take away the sting of sin, the sting of judgment, the sting of the fear of God. Well, you know what? I don't really study the word. You know, well, you don't really study the word, and I'm a bold-faced liar. We're all just sinning. Not studying the word is not sinning. Not attending church is not sinning. You'll end up sinning if you don't do those two things. But nobody, then you can escape nothing. Nobody's going to escape every last element of life because every last element of life is not sin. You know, I don't, you know, you don't talk to your wife enough, you know, and I'm, you know, lusting every day of my life, but you know what, we're all just sinners. Well, you're never gonna talk enough. You're never gonna be perfect. You're gonna be perfect as far as sin is concerned, but nobody's gonna be absolutely perfect in all forms and facets of life. So they may, and then, and then since those two things are the same, they're saying that you'll never escape sin, so then you have to build a, you have to build a theology that accommodates ongoing sin. Because it's impossible to get rid of it because you're equating sin with things that aren't sin. Once we have this foundation set of the fear of the Lord, it's now in place, now it's time to add. Once it's in place, I got a couple minutes, 11.52, we'll be out of here at 12.10, everybody good? You sure you're good for 18 more minutes? All right. Then it's time to add. But it starts with the fear of the Lord. If you don't have that, don't add. Don't add. Just get the fear of the Lord first. And just remember what I told you. How many of us are the exact same as we were one year ago? Quiet in here now. I'm not saying this to condemn you. <laughs> Condemnation is another word that is misused. Condemnation is just like if you say, I don't believe in transgenderism. You hate transgenders. No, I disagree with them. Doesn't mean I hate them. If a man came in here dressed as a woman, I would not hate him, but I would not call, what, I would not call him the pronouns he wants to be called. That's not hatred, it's because I don't want to lie. And it's no different than anything else in this area. If you are small and you've stayed the same, it's your fault. If you're the exact same as you were a year ago, that's on you. If that's okay with you, you're wrong. You should be ever adding life to its full abundance. Everything that you lay your hands to should be prospering. But it's up to you. Where do you get this from, Tom? Second Peter chapter one, three through 11, this is where we'll finish. Without that, I'll get through all these verses. Starting in verse three. His divine power has given to us what? Man, you're quiet. All things. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. I like, to, I like to part and parcel these verses and not just put them in the flow of my memorization because I want you to catch it. 
His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to this entire life. And godliness. Through what? Through knowledge. Most people, most Christians, if you, if you, if your only way out of leaving, the only way for you to leave this building alive was for you to quote 610 whatever Bible verses, and you've been saved for more years than the Bible verses I'm asking you to quote in Numbers. Most Christians who have been saved for 20 years could not quote 20 Bible verses. And I'm not talking, well, it says in the Bible this, and it says in the Bible that. I'm talking about chapter and verse. And the only way for you to leave this building alive is for you to quote 10 Bible verses. 90% of the people in this room be dead. Dead! Through the knowledge of him. You have all of these things. You have them, but do you know that you have them? What do you know that you have? And then a lot of people know it, but they're such wretched people, they don't act in it. There's, there's men who know they have the power of God to raise the dead, but they can't stop being a jerk to their wife. So they never act in the power because their power is blocked by their own carnality and unbelief. You can't stop being a jerk to your wife. You don't know what I live with. Hey, listen. How a person is has nothing to do with you. Nothing. I marvel at people's lives being destroyed out of offense. People just don't understand how great I am. Why do you even care that people understand how great you are? You ever ask somebody, why do you want to be noticed? I've had people leave this church, we just weren't thanked enough. Thanked enough? I came up to you three times and thanked you. What is it, six? Where, is that a Bible verse? Let's see. doesn't count. Is that in the book of Lamentations? That's just what I opened up to. <laughs> that somebody, it doesn't count as Thanksgiving until number six. How many times do you need to be thanked? I swept the church floor. Nobody even acknowledged it. I've heard of these things. I'm like, oh my gosh. Why do you care? Who are you doing your works for? Are you like the Pharisees and Sadducees who receive their reward, who do it to be seen of men, and that's their sole reward? I love to pick on worship teams because I've been part of worship teams. And it's always fun because musicians are the most difficult people. They are. It's just funny because, you know, nobody, I know, my amp isn't turned up loud enough. Uh, nobody can hear me. Just play unto the Lord. It'll take care of itself. If God wants you to be heard, you'll be heard. If, and you know what? God may be the one turning your amp down. <laughs> See, no matter what we do, we keep turning that thing up. It just keeps turning itself down. It's not, it's not turning itself down. Always ask yourself, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith, right? As from last week. Exam am I in the faith in what I'm doing right now? Am I in the faith? I want to be noticed. I want to get bigger. I want people, I want to have a bigger following. Are you in the faith? 
I want to be part of that inner circle. I see that. All, I see it all the time now. You know, as I'm, in, as I'm in some inner circles, and I see other people pining to be in the inner circle that I'm in the inner circle of, and I'm like, dude, it's not that great. <laughs> just a bunch of people. And it's just people. People pining. You know, I see people, especially with Pastor Rodney, you see them, they want to get close. I'm like, why do you want to get close? What's your motivation? What, what is your motivation? Well, Tom, you got to, did I try? No. I didn't even like him. <laughs> couldn't stand the Rivers ministry. I just couldn't stand that he got arrested for keeping his church open. So I just made a video. He called me. I wasn't out there going, you know, standing around. <laughs> what, what can I say to be part of the inner circle? <laughs> Always ask yourself, what are my motivations for doing what I'm doing right now? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith in the moment. Not just am I saved, am I acting in faith right now? Why am I offended? Why, why am I staying at home right now because people laid hands on people inside of church? Tom, that seems to bug you. You know why it bugs me? It's not the 100 people that left. It's just, a, it's just looking at the Bible and ignoring it that bothers me. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Remind them of these things. Charging them before, oh, that's the wrong verse, but this is a different one. It's actually 2 Timothy 1, 6. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Just couldn't remember the front end of it. You just ignore it and walk out of the church. Why? You like all the COVID stuff. You like the vaccine stuff, but you don't want God? Listen, we can get rid of vaccines all we want. Get rid of COVID all we want, and it's all gone. You can, Donald Trump can be president again, you're gonna be empty on the inside. You're gonna be miserable, even with Donald Trump being president. And believe me, I'm voting for Trump, I'm just saying. Tom, you're not allowed to say it. Yes, I can. Go ahead and report me to the federal government, I don't care. Take your report. Spin it sideways. <laughs> As Pastor Rodney says, get some Vaseline. You people wonder where I got that from, of ramming things up your caboose? It's offended so many people. I got that from the first time I was ever at a Rodney Howard Brown meeting. He told everyone to take their cell phones because of their contact tracing. Find a jar of Vaseline and shove them up your rectum. That's exactly what he said. And I'm like, that's my pastor. That's my pastor for life. So we understand all these things that were given to us that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, then you don't know what you have. You have a bunch of things that you're not using because you don't know that you have them. Next verse, verse four. We're in 2 Timothy chapter one. It's 12.02, eight minutes to go. By which have been given to us, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Who wants to be a partaker of the divine nature? Yeah. Sight to the blind, salvation to the lost. 
healing to the sick, health to the infirmed, partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, the fear of God again. You want these things? Then you have to escape the corruption that is in the world. But also, for this reason, verse five, giving all diligence, add. Add to your faith. Anybody adding? You've gotta add. It's not I got saved and it's over. You add, this is an active faith. Adding all the time. You're small because you wanna be. You're not adding. I have a list. I'm praying I get to it. Will I get to it? Hey, it's close. <laughs> You've got to add. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours, listen to this, and abound, they take over, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. People get bored with Christianity because they're never adding on to it. They've been giving all things, they've been given all things, well how do I add on to all things? The discovery of those all things. If you're not operating in them, you, don't know, you haven't discovered them. Most Christians cannot even tell me what they're called into. Whether it's five-fold ministry or not, they cannot tell me their gifts or callings. They just attend gifts and callings. Well, I have no ministry. That's because you don't want one. You're choosing it. Well, we, we're, lacking, we're lacking musicians. We're lacking uh, this workers and that workers and youth or whatever it is. That's because you don't, you don't take action. Well, you know, right now in this economy, it has nothing to do with God. Amen. We're rebuilding this church without the insurance company. This is all without the insurance company. We're doing it ourselves because they're corrupt jerks. So instead of building it back, building back better, 100 hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time, we're doing it 30 or 40,000 dollars at a time. Because I'm not going to let anybody stop the vision of God. For he, verse 9, for he who lacks these things, this is probably where all camp and finishes right here. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. If you're not adding, you're dying spiritually. You have to be adding every day. This is an everyday God. This is a God of specificity. Active faith. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he, that he was cleansed from old sins. They're short-sighted even to blindness. That's what I said earlier. That the church can see the book of Revelation unfolding right before their eyes where people can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. And it doesn't stop with a vaccine passport. You think these bank closures are accidents? It's all to put us into a one-world banking system 
with a singular access point, a one-world hospital system with a singular access point controlled by tyrants. And your only way in is their allowed entry. If they control all the product, then they control the consumer. The only banks that are being bailed out now are what we call preferred banks of the Democratic Party and the globalist left. Every other bank, if they closed, they wouldn't be bailed out. Because they want Bank of America to get bigger, Wells Fargo to get bigger, Goldman Sachs to get bigger, so you only have four banks to choose from. If you only have four banks to choose from, then they can stipulate how you get into those four banks. If you have 500, you can't control 500. You can control four because those four are already part of the movement anyway. They're all ESG, CRT, DEI banks anyway. They're already, they're already fully compliant. They're already fully demonic. They're already fully wanting full CBDC and social credit systems. You're like, Tom, that's all politics. You really think central bank digital currency in social credit systems, you think that that's politics? That's why you are short-sighted even to blindness because he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding Calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and that number is 666. It's not politics. It's the book of Revelation, chapter 13, 16 through 18. And because the modern church has refused to add to itself, they're short-sighted, even unto blindness. They're not the restraining, they're the compliant. Because the love of most will grow cold. Most Christians on the planet will take the mark of the beast. Thinking that they're righteous and will go to church with their mark. Believing that it's compassionate. Believing that it's accommodating. Believing, you know what, let's be a good neighbor and a community partner. Together alone and alone together. Let's show our love by living the opposite of the word of God. Let's, let's show our love by blaspheming the word of God. Short-sighted, even under blindness. And I was so happy when I stumbled upon this verse because it finally encapsulated what I've been telling you over the last two weeks where people are blind to the point where they can't see open doors. Please understand something. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you, it's not just hearing the word of God, it's doing the word of God. If you do the word of God, it develops faith. It dispels unbelief. Listen to this now, here's where I'm closing. So do words, say the right things, because it dispels unbelief and allows you to see an open door that you could not see before. If you do the word of God, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Doing the word of God is seed for open doors. So if you do the word of God, it will open doors. Doing the word of God gives you faith to see the open doors. 
that the word of God is opened. A lot of people, they've marched right by them. Somebody comes up to you. Hey, listen, we're needing somebody to teach a Bible study. Yeah, that's not for me. You couldn't see the open door. It's real, I mean, it's your fault, but you're so blind, it's not your fault. You're short-sighted even under blindness because you've never added, you've stayed stagnant. You don't understand that, that, you know what, you shouldn't be despising that small beginning. You want a pulpit. You want, listen, folks, Pete can, where's Pete? Here's Pete. Pete can tell you, because we started off together. I started off on a worship team. I started off as a worship, and before that, I was usher, lawn mower. I didn't despise small beginnings. I was asked to be on a worship team to sing. I did it. And I was a youth pastor. I didn't despise these small beginnings. This is years. We don't, a lot of times we don't understand how long the book of Acts is. We think it's like two weeks. These are years of people sewing. People want a, people want a podcast like Aaron and I have built. They want a podcast like, that's grinding. Day in, day out. You can talk about what, what show are we on now? You figured it out last night. 300 something, right? Yeah. 350, 356. That's doing it when he's been sick, when I've been sick, when we didn't feel like it. Aaron continues to do it when I scream at him, unjustifiably so. I always apologize. Come on, next for, no, next slide. What's going on here? Tom, you're out of order. Oh yeah, it was me. Uh, every time, watch the show, it's just about every show. Where am I at, where am I at? I get a little distracted. But in closing, I want to tell you this. Don't be short-sighted unto blindness. Act in faith. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. Do words. Say what needs to be said. What do you say? You have a choice. Either speak the word of God or do what? Keep your mouth shut. Got quiet in here with that one. Speak faith. If you speak faith, it opens the doors and allows you to see the open door. Speak and do expectation. Expect great things. I'm I'm not preaching positivity to you. I'm preaching faith to you. In all situations, you know what I say? That's perfect. That's, well, Tom, what if it's not perfect? I am calling things as though, they are, as though they are, even though they are not. I am imitating my God. I'm operating in faith. Speak expectation. Live in joy. Why are you not living in joy? Well, because my circumstances have nothing to do with Yahweh. And if you live in joy, it will overcome your circumstances that are currently dictating to you. You have to put it on. Put on joy. Make proclamations. This shall be. Goes either way. You do that negatively, it'll happen. The tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs 28, 23. No, that's the wrong verse. That's he who rebukes the man. Well, in the end, gain more favor than he has the power. Whatever. Somebody look it up for me and shout it out. Tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it, it's fruit. What is it? 
Look it up, Pope. There you go. Come on, faster, faster. <laughs> what is it? 1821. You're awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. 1821. Do proclamations. I am rich. You're supposed to be. The only reason why you're not financially rich is because of you. Add. Add. So seed. You're only going to grow to the level that you sow seed. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Finishing with these two verses. The second Peter chapter 1, 10 and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Well, you know, how many of you know that life is all about stumbling and getting up and stumbling and getting up? That's a lie, antithetical to the word of God. That's a demonic statement. Life is all about, you know, how many of us know there's no sin that God cannot, that God cannot forgive? That's not true. Unrepentant sin, he can't forgive. The unpardonable sin, he can't forgive. If I, don't, I never like to leave on that. Unpardonable sin, just so everybody knows. You can, there's people who believe different things about it. Unpardonable sin, you know, if, you're, if that just scared you, you haven't committed it. If you're scared of that, then you haven't committed it. Because the people who committed the unpardonable sin knew it and were glad to do it, glad to be away from God for all of eternity. It's not you. It's not you. It's a long, sustained backslide on purpose to the place where you no longer know and you no longer care. So, you know, I never like to end on that because that'll send some people into a death spiral for the rest of the week. Believe me, I know, because that was one, once, once upon a time, that was me. The rest of this week would have been, did I do it? Did I not do it? Did I do it? Did I not do it? If you're even caring about it, you didn't do it. It's as simple as that. And it comes right out of the book of Hebrews chapter six. For people who cannot be renewed to repentance. Have you, been, have you repented? That's not you. Life is easy. Life is really simple. The word of God is simple. It's just a question of whether or not you'll do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm still gonna get you out of here at 1220. Three minutes from now. I was done preaching at 1210. Of course, I didn't keep my words, 1217. But we'll be out of here in the next three minutes. If you need to get right with God today, this is your time. Right here, right now. If you need prayer after service, as soon as we close, there'll be prayer partners on both sides of the stage for salvation, for if you don't respond to this altar call, for salvation, for healing, or for anything else that you need. But this is a time of salvation and repentance. If you're a Christian, you've fallen into a lifestyle of sin. Not that you're struggling with sin, that you do it and get it right, you do it and you get it right. I'm not talking about that. You've fallen into a lifestyle of sin. It's a big difference between struggling with sin and concession to sin. You've fallen into a lifestyle of sin, you have apostatized, committed apostasy, that you can be made right today. This is your time. Maybe you're a man, you've been a Christian for years, but you're addicted to pornography, now is your time. Doesn't matter what the sin is. Addicted to lying, addicted to lust, addicted to cheating, whatever it may be. For the Christian who's fallen away, now is your time. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe even people think you are, but you know you're not. Maybe you're some of the people that I look around the room and you just look like a a mind-numbed robot in worship because you're just getting through it. 
maybe so your parents will leave you alone. It's not gonna spare you from the consequences of judgment just because you're doing enough to placate your parents by being in church. It's not gonna spare you from judgment. You may not think that what I'm telling you right now has any value, but you will come to the discovery that it's all that matters. You will. There's no way because just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. It's gonna happen. You're doing that to scare me. Darn right I am because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. So if, you're, if you've never been saved or you're just pretending to be saved, now is your time. If that's you this morning and you're ready to get your life right with God through the forgiveness of the cross, stretch your hand up right where you're at. I'm the only one looking. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I got you. The man that's speaking to you had to come through this way too. You can put them down. Those that raised your hands, God bless you. Many, many people raised their hands. Those of you that raised your hands, we're all gonna pray this prayer out loud with you. I'm not gonna do anything, for, anything more to you. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not bringing you to a back room. I'm not giving you any of my pamphlets. Nothing. I don't even have pamphlets. I'm not gonna do any of that. But you pray this prayer out loud with the church. You are what is called saved. You're forgiven. You're born again. You're recommitted. Whatever's applicable to you. Pray this prayer out loud, the entire church. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts, Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.